rant has been brought to you by Roar Organic. Everything your body needs, nothing it doesn't. There's a reason they say variety is the spice of life. And with their new organic line comes the following exciting flavors. Georgia peach, blueberry acai, cucumber watermelon, mango clementine, pineapple mint, strawberry coconut. Ah! Roar Organic uses a proprietary electrolyte blend created with organic coconut water, organic cane sugar, and sea salt. It's non-GMO, vegan-friendly, gluten-free, no artificial colors or flavors, no preservatives, and no artificial sweeteners. Just 2 grams of sugar and only 10 calories per serving. Visit Roar.land and use the code REFEREERANT, one word, in the checkout and receive 10% off your next purchase. That's Roar.land code REFEREERANT. Episode 18, The Rant. Introducing Michael Grant, who will serve as a regular consultant and contributor to the podcast and our website, RefereeRant.com. He is a Board 41 basketball member, NBWBOA girls certified official, and he's making a huge leap on the girls basketball circuit, including officiating some of the top games in New York City. This episode is a little different because I talk about our parallel universes where he's elevating on the women's side and me, the men's. This is a free-flowing conversation where we talk about our first full year servicing the boroughs and much more. My conversation with Michael, now. Welcome to another edition of The Rant. I'm your host, Ralph the Ref, and I'm with my man, Mike Grant. What's good, man? So this is not going to be a normal uh, orthodox episode that you're accustomed to. We're just going to speak on topics that we always normally talk to. And he's one of the inspirations as to why I started Referee Rant, only because... We've had so many deep, insightful conversations about life, about refereeing, and everything in between. And I just always thought it would be, I don't know, special to for other people to share that, um, which I do with other people. But I guess I decided that one of my biggest mission statements in doing this podcast is to, I guess, say informative things. And if you know if somebody can get any type of value out of one thing or 20 things or nothing at all, I think it was worth it for me that if I just touched one person's life, that was worth it for me. So, <laughs> Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Thanks for paying me. Yeah, so, um, Mike, how's your season been? <laughs> Winding down, it's February. It is, it is. Hopefully I got some postseason games on the horizon, but uh, it's been my best season so far. Yeah, and would you say that it has been your like best season by far? Like, not even a comparison? Uh, yes, because the competition level has been unparalleled. Like, I just came off a Christ the King game on mm. Sunday, three-person, team from Jersey, Boston, you know. Who was the team? Stewart Country Day, mm. some team in Jersey. Those Country Days are always pretty good. That Country you... Day got ran out the building, though. But yeah? <laughs> they were still good. They just weren't no match. I find it. that Country Day implies that the school's tuition is $30,000 or more. Oh, that's a discount. Oh, yeah. It's only 50, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a lot. I was being parsimonious. That's some scholarships. <laughs> mm. um, nah, competition this season has been, like I said, it's been unreal. Um, so it's been, you know, just competition-wise, best season I've had. So step on my level, my best partners I've ever had. I've mm-hmm. had so many incredible people, so many people willing to share their wisdom. Um, it's been, it's been, it's been real dope, man. Real dope. Yeah, and I, f- I feel the same way. I think what's interesting about me and Mike is that we basically have, well, our paths are the same but parallel, right? So it's it, it's it's kind of crossed, but not really, because he's elevated on the varsity level in Nassau County for girls basketball, and I've elevated to boys varsity basketball in Nassau County, and then you do the city Catholics for girls, and I do the city Catholics for boys, and. I don't know. It's interesting because we haven't really had a full-length conversation of, like, your experience in its totality of, you know, your year one. You know, just, like, piecemeal of certain things that have happened. Want me to really break it down? Break it down. <laughs> All right. Uh, because I don't think Long Island really realized this, um, but in other parts of the country, especially in big schools, uh-huh. you have really, really large intramural programs. And who run these intramural programs, who officiate it, is student referees. So 17 years old, I'm at UMass Amherst, trying to make a dollar. I saw a pit flyer. Need a haircut? I need a haircut. Referee intramural flag football. Eh, make money. Watch sports. Let's Hold do on. It. The advertisement said, you need a haircut? <laughs> yes. Referee. And I looked around, because at the time, you know, through to school, 
and then I had a, no longer had that first day fresh cut. I was like, I do need a haircut. Mm. So I took that sign. I went to training. You know, a week later, I was on the flag football field, learning the craft. Next sport was basketball. So at 17, 18 years old, you know, getting reps, reffing intramural basketball, flag football, um, getting feedback from my student peers, um, getting yelled at by my fellow students. Uh, and, you know, you learn a lot of stuff. So I had that route, which, you know, I said it's not as common in Long Island and maybe in the New York area because we don't have large universities that have these large intramural programs. But um, a lot of the, I would say, college referees that you see around the nation came through referee intramural basketball. So that's mm. kind of my route. Um, you know, I was good at it. Ended up becoming supervisor of my peers where I was able to lead training, evaluate officials. At 19, 20 years old, I was giving feedback to officials. My job wasn't the greatest official, but I learned some things, and I was able to give feedback to the level that they were at. Um, however, because I didn't have a car in Massachusetts, I didn't get certified high school level, um, but I had the IABLE training a little bit. I was able to do some uh, charter school games and private games, low-level stuff, you know, sixth, seventh, middle school stuff, but able to get the reps at dealing with parents and coaches at 20 years old, which is a valuable experience. So I came back to New York, you know, I took a job at Adelphi, you know, training intramural refer- officials in several sports, including basketball. So at 20, 21, I decided, oh, I have a car now, have some, you know, I have to get around, got to be some extra money, it's time to get certified. <laughs> and that's where I'll pass across. But at that year, you know, because I've been doing basketball at an intramural level, but I thought I was a know-it-all, I got a class, right? I can pass the test. The test is easy. I've been teaching this. And you know how that first year went. Well, yeah. And, and to further your point, I, I know how the first year of girls went because I remember I texting you. I'm at Stop and Shop. I'm sticking to my stomach like, damn, I got to take that class over. And you're going to take it over, too, because you got to do it for two years. But I got to do it for three years. Yeah. So, you know, that's that's a lesson I only want to learn once. <laughs> Me, too. But I only want to learn once. So that's, you know, that's where our path started similar to the first year class. Play basketball our lives. We know the rules. Oh, how do you enforce this really tough situation you never see before with technical fouls? I don't know. And then, you know, seven questions, eight questions later, boom, Mr. Landolfi is calling you, telling you, got to take it again. So, um, you know, but perse- perseverance is key. We did it again. We went to class. Stuck to our craft. We got the rule book. And we, you know, did a lot better that second year round. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I still wanted more though. I mean, I remember my first JV game. I was kind of winded, and the last time I was winded like that was the girls' floor test. I guess because <laughs> I was nervous, and I wasn't ready for the cheerleaders and the kind of the PA announcement and the shot clock. You know, I mean, it's good in theory, but when you elevate from middle school to JV, it's a big jump. It's a big jump of, you know, feeling like you're finally doing meaningful games. But what always made me long for more was, you know, that varsity game after. And you see the, the, the people that are servicing that game. And you see the, the crowd swell. Or even further, you see the crowd dissipate because they got the game before you. And then now you have the game after and no one's gone. <laughs> Case in point, when you did uh, that game with the interpreter for the girls, I was in the stands because I had the JV game after. And that situation... So I that Uniondale. I got oh. it. Yeah. I got to tell you about my Uniondale experience. It was <laughs> it was not like your Uniondale experience. Even though the Uniondale game that you did was really loud. It was, it was. really loud in there. Did you feel like that was one of the loudest games you've done? Or nowhere near? Um, No. No. That wasn't the loudest I've done. Was that the loudest game you've done in Nassau County? It might have been. That has to get kind of loud. That has to get a little loud. Mm. Um... But, yeah, that's up there. Mm. That's up there. Um, that was a good game. I had a crazy loud game. It was Uniondale at Port Washington. JV. Oh, oh I thought you And everyone got turned up for that. I think part of them, because they were just kind of coming in for the varsity game. Boys game? Yeah, but the game got intense, so the crowd got into it. And I got, you know, it's, it, I find the crowd fun. I find the crowd fun. Oh, yeah. You know? You hear it, but you don't hear it. But it's like, oh, y'all here to watch this game. You want to do a better job. You want to make sure that, you know, 
everyone gets what they came there for that game. You know, I want to do a good job for the players, for the coaches, the players that come in with mm-hmm. three minutes left in a blowout. Like, these kids are playing hard. I want to do more work for them, you know. That mom only see their kid for three minutes. They want to make sure they do a good job for those three minutes to see their kid, you know. So seeing the bigger crowds kind of get me excited. Like, oh, people are here to, in theory, <laughs> right, spectate and support their children doing the game. So it makes me want to step my game up to make sure that I'm providing the best customer service that I can. Yeah, I think you're forced to step your game up only because of just the situation at hand. Um, I guess I should speak about my Uniondale experience right now because <laughs> it was... It. <laughs> you didn't even hear this, but it, it is... It was... Okay, was so... Was it Sasa Uniondale? No, we, we're, we're going to rewind. We're going to rewind. Right, let's do it. Okay, so... Um, I went to elementary school in Baldwin with Hempstead people, but... Uniondale School District. Okay, so wrap your head around all of those. I'm not near to Long Island, so I'm trying to, but I got you. Let's just say that I'm from a specific town, (laughs) but I'm not in that school district, and I go to school with people from another town that's not even the school district that we're all in. Three different crosses there. Right. So one one town and another town comprise an entirely different school district. So that's where I grew up. So I'm from Baldwin, went to school with kids from Hempstead, but would have been Uniondale School District. Okay. Ended up going to a Uniondale school anyway, Kellenberg, but all of my friends went there. So when I was in sixth grade, um, well, when I was in fifth grade, my uh, gym teacher passed away. He was like a luminary at my elementary school. His name was Mr. K. And he instilled, you know, like when you're in elementary school and there's this one teacher that just completely instills fear in you. (laughs) So he would have this thing and he would say, toes on a black line. And I mean, all of us in unison. Straight, straight as an arrow, just like somebody got you in line. Yeah, that's what, impressive. Whatever, whatever <laughs> command he said is like we're listening. But he passed away, so then we had like this fun-loving gym teacher, and his name is uh, his name was Mister Diana. So there was such um, there was such popularity amongst the sixth graders of basketball that we were like, we want to have a basketball game and we want to play like a rival elementary school that's in our school district so we organized it and uh this gym teacher his name was uh tom diana was the the coach he was the my sixth grade coach so like he was the first person that ever gave me instruction on playing basketball so that um that young physical education teacher ended up moving and going to uniondale high school and then he ended up being the coach of uniondale and now he's in the hall of fame in Long Island. So he's still there? He's been the perennial coach for 25 years, and that's when I graduated elementary school 25 years ago. Anyway, the other opposing story is that I had this college roommate, and he's a cool dude. Um, his name is Joe, and I'll never forget this like one vivid moment. This was like. Does when, he want you sharing this story? <laughs> I, don't know. I mean, I'm not saying anything that's incorrect, no, I'm or, and I'm not throwing him <laughs> under the bus. But, um, I know he was. He was the man. Like we played beer pong, and he—I mean, he—he he don't miss. He just doesn't miss. And then he would do the Harlem Shake. You know, shake. I mean, this is this is 2001, so this is you know this is my this the real is, Harlem Shake then. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. G-Dep, get this money. Get this money. Anyway. Special delivery in the background? All that. All, and, and when I Like, when I see him, I special delivery plays in my head. <laughs> As it should. Yeah. So, lo and behold, I do a scrimmage in Oceanside, and I see I see my college roommate there. I'm like, what are you doing there? He's like, I'm taking over for the varsity team. So, obviously, I moved up to varsity this year, and... I told I told Coach D because I was in Uniondale. I was doing a remember remember what I did like five scrimmages in a row. Yeah, and yeah. I did the Uniondale Only one by five? myself. I think it was like twelve. Okay, so the, the the girls Uniondale team I did their scrimmage. Yeah, but the varsity boys team had practice after that. So I was like, Coach D, and it's always like all love. Yeah, because it's like yo, I'm. He's like yo, I I appreciate that you're still involved in the game and. You are making a positive impact within the game. Like, that's great. And I'm like, same to you, dude. Like, you've gotten further than I could have ever imagined as you just being my elementary school basketball coach, right? So he said this weird thing, like, when he was leaving, he's like, this, that's so good that you're on varsity because now I get to yell with you. And I was like, 
<laughs> yeah, with me. What does that mean? <laughs> it was like such a backhanded comment that I couldn't, like I just was ambivalent towards what he was saying. Anyway, um, I get my schedule. I don't have anything crazy. But last uh, Wednesday, right, I get this I get this call from Lori, who's, you know, right hand to the assigner in Nassau County. She's like, you got you got took away from your, your JV game, your girl's JV. I talked to Grace. Don't even call her. You have a new game. Please, com- I already confirmed for you. And I'm like, where is it? She's like, it's at Uniondale. And I'm thinking, no. Because I'm thinking, like, I'm, I'm free and clear this year. Yeah. Like, that's a future problem. I'll deal with that when it happens. But that happened, like, the future problem became a now problem. But then I'm, like, looking at it like, now I'm like, you know what? It's Uniondale. Like, I'm ready for this moment. Yeah, yeah, I've done all the crazy games in the city. Like, They're a good team. This can't be nothing. This is nothing. They, they just beat Stepanak. I did, oh, dude, I did a game with Stepanak. They beat Stepanak? I think they did. I think they did in a non-league game. But, dude, Stepanak is serious. We need a researcher for this podcast. So, like, as we talk and look this up, we need an intern. <laughs> Eventually. <laughs> Mike is trying to be a co-host, but we'll, we'll see about that. Anyway, um, so I find out who's doing the game, like, who's who's who are they playing, and it's, it's Oceanside, which is my <laughs> college roommate. So I'm thinking, like, okay, so now I have my elementary school coach who basically taught me how to play basketball and my beer pong partner. Or the coaches. Similar skill, you know. Of this game. So, I, dude, I walk in, and I already see that this is going to be all sorts of problems. <laughs> the coach from Oceanside is like, and, and I'm trying to show the part in the uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air intro when he goes, Yo, Holmes to Bel-Air. <laughs> like, that's the face that he was giving me. But it... It, it wasn't like that during the game. When it was during the game, and, and, and like I needed to, I've never had an experience. So okay, I do a lot of big games in the city. You do a lot of big games in the city. If there's somebody that I don't know anything about, I don't know them from a hole in the wall. They could say whatever they want to say, and I'm good. Like I'm good. I'm fine. It's not personal. Uh, it's fine. But then when the the people that I know, and they're getting at me like that. That I know, it was like I was taken aback, and it really not that it affected my performance, but it rattled me, and it rattled me both ways. Would you do that game again next year? Yes, because why? Well, I had a I had a couple of talk with some mentors of that issue, and they were like, "Look, they're not getting at you as the person you've become. They're not getting at you as a husband. They're not getting at you as a father. They're not getting at you as a person." They're getting at you because of the shirt you're wearing at that time. And had I known that bit of information before I did the game, I probably would have felt more equipped. Because I was not prepared for the for what the what they were trying to say to advocate for their so team. Looking, I was not ready looking for Looking back that. now, do you feel like they were just doing their job? I think that I was naive in thinking that they were going to give me um, not preferential treatment, but just more like... I know you, so I'm not going to go as hard. And, and not that I was who, expecting Who got it. it more, you or your partner? We both got it. But the thing is that, like, I got it in a different way. Like, I got it in more like, you know, when when um, I think there was a, a travel call that I supposedly missed. Um, the coach said to me, like, you better start calling that. We're going to have a problem. And I'm like, this, this is my gym teacher. Why is he talking to me like that? You know, Mr. Don Landolfi on a famous podcast called Referee Rant once said a travel call is one of the hardest calls to make. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I, I know what I'm doing. Like, I, you know, and forget all that. They were, Union Day was losing for most of the game. Really? Yeah. And I was I was kind of surprised because I had Oceanside in the beginning of the year. And um, they've gotten they've gotten better. But... It was so deafening in there. They had the marching band in there. You know, like one of those, like, what's the sideways drums that makes, like, all sorts of noise? I don't talking about. Okay. It went doom, 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 doom. <laughs> like, it was, like, crazy. And, I mean, it was a packed house. And they were like, yo, you reffing now? Like, that was the stands. <laughs> Damn, you okay? You doing these games now? So it was just, like, all sorts of pressure 
coming from everything. But you know what I've learned from somebody like Don and just like somebody that I've always maintained to like stay true to myself is to stay true to myself. Like I got here for a reason. So I can't just like all of a sudden switch and start being somebody else. But how do you do that during the game? You just have to be self-conscious with it. You know, you got to pretend like it's braces in your mouth. Like this is I'm decided as to like this is how it's going down. Because if you ever let up and you don't like keep that in the forefront, then you could slip. You could slip. But a wise man, Chuck DeCarbo, once told me, like, he was telling me this whole parable about this guy that was like the number one guy in Suffolk. But the only reason why he was the number one guy in Suffolk is because, like, he only worked games in East Hampton, which is like how, how much... How much smoke can you experience? <laughs> not a lot. So he goes into now the championship game of Suffolk. He's not ready for these plays. Not ready for that crowd. Isn't that crazy? Like, and that's why it's important that you have to like continue to seek out challenging games because that only makes you so much better. You cannot shy away from comfort is the enemy of success. It is. You can't. You got to be uncomfortable. So what I've been toying around with in my head for the past week as we've been talking about doing this podcast and. Me writing some stuff, you know, to contribute. I've been telling you this. Yo, we're referees are psychopaths. Mm-hmm. We sign up to get yelled at. And the better we do, the more we go after, we put a ton of work and a ton of money to get better, the more people will get upset at us and yell at us and disrespect us and don't. And we embrace it because, like, ah, must be doing my job at a higher level where now it's. Instead of 200 fans yelling at me, now the 1,000 fans yelling at me. I must be doing better. You know, it's like we sign up for torture. And we love it. And we embrace it. And so, yo, that's kind of a crazy mindset. Mm. Not that many people can have that mindset. But Actually, I mean, in fact, a lot of people, there's, what, every week there's stories about referee shortages around the nation because everyone can't handle what you call the smoke, right? Like, mm-hmm. so it's, we, we, in order to be great at it, you got to embrace it. And not everyone can do that, right? Like, you embrace to get... Your job is to take verbal abuse for almost two hours. But I quasi-disagree because if you taught people to unlearn what they, their, their preconceived notion is of a referee, because people's preconceived notion of it is like, why would you want to get yelled at? But there's so much more. That's just like one small component of refereeing. And I don't even think it's that big of a deal. For everyone, it's different, right? So like, it might be a small component to you because it doesn't bother you. But someone who, that words have a lot more impact, it's probably a big component, mm. right? Like, yeah, I, I think the work that I do pre-game, right? Like, i requesting videos, breaking down videos in game. That's a bigger component than the, you know, eight comments I might hear from each coach per game. Do you like the comments that the coaches give you? Oh, but I, I'm at the stage now where I can, I have a response for questions, right? I, I can... I can come back, and I know that I'm right. Do you think I go in too much? It depends on the level. I, I think you know what games you can say what at. We all do. We're not going to tolerate that stuff from an island guard and CYL coach. No. Coach, we're not here for that today. Mm. <laughs> no, sit down. Yeah, but I entertain it, and I'd like to talk back. Yeah, That's you bad. can do that. But, you know, you're not going to do that at the stuff like the Uniondale game at the same way. Oh, no way. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So you know the games where you can come back to a coach. Now, you're right. You remember... What was it? Three couple weeks ago, we went to a G League game and had mm-hmm. a chance to sit with the crew. Yep. And we had a referee that we was talking to who did, at that point, about a dozen NBA games. And he was like, my NBA evaluators told me, don't just see that coach up. Bark back at them. And once he's like, once they got the go-ahead, that green light, oh, it was a wrap, <laughs> right? He was like, oh, I can, we can go back and forth. And coaches respect that, Right. And Dolphin last podcast said how one coach called them all kind of names before the game. Bum, 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 et cetera. <laughs> Who did he want in his championship game? That guy. You know, because he stood up to him. Oh, you're not going to shy away from him. Oh, he doesn't like me? Cool. Sign me there four more times. That's not we what he have said. That he, conversation. Said, he said, <laughs> he called me a racist. <laughs> I was and then to... he said, and then he said, Don, he wants you to be on the championship game. And I'm like, well, the only thing I did was call a technical foul on him, but he was well-earned. <laughs> I'm sure they're all earned, right? Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, as you move up and you get the respect from coaches, mm-hmm. like, you know, like I said, I did a 
on the top in New York City girls games this week. I don't have that level of cachet with that coach to come back. I got the elixir for and, that. And admit, no, real quick, and admit that mistake. Mm. But I was working with a crew who can. Mm-hmm. My partner called, you know, she thought the ball hit the back of the, you know, support beam. You know, it might have hit underneath the backboard. She might go over later and say, Coach, you know what? I think I was wrong on that one. And because of that relationship, she might respect that. As my first year, first game working his game, I might hold off on admitting that mistake. Mm. I might hold off and barking back at him because I know that he's watching me see what I can do. And I know that I have to earn his respect. And the way he talks to me, he's going to earn my respect. So we're going to build that relationship. My partner's been doing his games for 15 years. She has that cachet. She has that relationship. The relationship is different. So when she when he barks at her, she can bark back. So, you know, it depends on the level. But we're not going to respect that level of dis- We're not going to take that level of disrespect at the lower levels for someone who doesn't know anything. Oh, yeah. You know, a coach who's been doing it, doing it for 15 years and know that he's not going to yell without something being wrong, you're going to give him a little leeway and you're going to have that conversation. Since we made a big leap doing varsity this year, whatever formation, Long Island or City. And, um, I think I got really good advice early on in the season, and that was with was one of me? my... <laughs> no, but you've said many <laughs> words of wisdom, obviously. But uh, this particular bit of advice was uh, very important to me, at least for my mindset moving forward in service in these games. There was one official that's been doing it for, I don't know, almost the latter part of 30 years, and he was saying... When you come out doing these varsity games, especially year one, you got to come out there that you're the best ref on, on the court. You have to do it because that's the only way you're going to build up your rep. If you come out there and you look like you're the secondary and or the or the third third wheel, like it's going to happen so much slower for you, and you're not going to enjoy it, and you might quit. He's like, you got to come out there and you got to kick my ass. You got to come out there and carry me. Now I'm going to do my part, but. You got to do your part, and you got to carry me. And I said, you know what? Say no more. And, you know, in the beginning, I was thinking, like, how am I going to approach this? Like, you know, I'm always going to be the junior dude. So I, I need to just, like, play my position because but it's like, nah, man. We're here for a reason. We're here for a reason. And you can't start thinking, like, my time will come. Your time is now. Your time is now to perform. I think one of the mistakes I made... You know, early on, I was like early, early on, but let's say, let's say like a year or two years ago, was that once I had a good partner, right? I knew my partner's good. Let's say I'm referring with my mentor, mm-hmm. referring with someone who knows a college official. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll adjust to you. I'm really good. It's not bragging, whatever. I'm really good at adjusting to whatever my partner is going to call that game. You know, I can adjust to whatever type of game. That's mm-hmm. one of my strong suits as an re- official. I had to learn, nah, some games, my partner's going to adjust to me. We can't have this sloppiness and me not me waiting for my partner to adjust to it. Does that mean extending my area a little bit and putting cadence whistles a little bit outside my area? Then that's gonna that's what it has to be. But I had to learn that, especially at camps, especially when you want to be you know, I always say like you want to get noticed, not get noticed. You want to do a good job. You got to be a strong C. Mm-hmm. Anybody will tell you that. Be a strong slot official will carry you a long way. I had to call my game no matter what my partners were calling. Right? You want to have crew consistency. But you can't just assume that your crew is going to be calling strong from the beginning. And sometimes I made that assumption like, oh, this guy's been around for a while. They look, you know. You rather, also, you also can't age. assume that their MO is trying to carry you. Like sometimes even, even if they don't know you from a hole in the wall, they're like, you're obviously on this game for a reason. They're not going to... And that's what I'm thinking. Like, sometimes I pinch myself, like, how am I on this game? But at the same time, like, nah, like, that makes sense. I've been, I've been doing this. Like, I've been prepared to do a game like this. So am I shortchanging myself? Or am I just, like, I don't know, surprised? Do you low-key like when you surprise your partner? When you, your partner might see you, like, ah, I gotta go carry this guy. Um, and then four calls in, they realize they're mistaken. Like, oh. God knows what they're doing. I just think this year more than anything, like everything has just been evident. Like it's been evident because you could tell like when somebody puts the work. And, you know, same thing with me with writing. Like I feel like I'm the best writer I can be because I practice it. I practice it all the time. I practice it when people aren't practicing. 
you know, I write all the time. So, like, do I think I'm I'm really good? Yeah, but that's justified because I spend a lot of time doing it. I spend a lot of time officiating. So, am I tooting my own horn? I don't think so. You know, maybe if I did it once in a blue and I said it was really good, that's different. But I'm just always doing it. Whether it's a bad game or a good game or if it's baseball or flag football or lacrosse or softball, like, I'm... I'm still out there. So what's next step? Huh? What's the, what's the next step for us? No, correction. What's the next step for you? Um, well, I'll just say my experience doing boys in the city has been incredible. And at times it makes me want to focus on the boys side. I'm not gonna lie to you. Because it's it's amazing. Like this game that I just did recently, three of the starters on one team was already signed to a Division One college. That's fun, ain't it? Three kids on the other team were already committed to a Division One college. I didn't even know this, but I found out, unbeknownst to me, three weeks later, that one of the teams, one of the players that has already committed to Cincinnati, he's a sophomore. Now, Cincinnati, this, this is Bob Huggins, <laughs> right? He scored 41 points in the game I did. I didn't even feel like he scored 41 points. <laughs> but that's how that's how unbelievable. I mean, I'm talking about that by the time one team scores, if I'm becoming from the lead and now all of a sudden the trail, they have already scored the next basket by the time I'm already at the beginning of the free throw line <laughs> before half court. Like, that's how fast it is. That faster. Dude, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying. It's, it's just like that's why those are three person games, right? That's why they're three person games. It's unreal. And even even if it's three men, you still gotta you still gotta haul. Bust your ass. You gotta haul. And that game that I'm talking about, my signer was right in the front row. So I'm thinking like this is insane. And when you talk about impressing people that you don't think you're gonna impress, there's this guy that um, didn't really give me love in the beginning. I guess because we weren't really doing a big game, but. You know, he's just like, I don't know you, so I'm not going to pay you no mind. So what I like about the city, everything is merit-based. So <laughs> I do love that. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, everyone off top knows, like, okay, you're qualified for this game. I don't have to, like, baby you, right? We're already at a, a different plane of conversation. But, you know, I was doing a three-man game, and I, I was doing it like I've been doing it. Like, you know, that I have, not that I have a lot of experience, but... Dude, I remember all those conversations that we had at camp. I remember us, like, ceremoniously unprepared. Like, that was <laughs> where we learned it. You ain't know better. Like, we paid $200 to learn it instead of earn it. And I remember that. We so had money back, didn't we, though? Yeah, and at the same time, and that's why I always say, like, yo, you might not get picked up at camp, but that shouldn't be the mindset. Like, you're going to pick up something. You're going to learn something about yourself. It's going to make you want more hungry, like... Think about yourself. You didn't get quite picked up at camp, right? Like, those things that you learned at camp allowed you to get noticed by all the people who picked you up, mm-hmm. right? Like, we're at the stage, right? We're early on. It's different. If you're doing D3, trying to go to D2, do a trial camp, it's different. We're at, we're, at the, we're at the learning stages, right? Now we're trying to break through to the college ranks, you know, now that we know a lot more and we can do better. But we went to camps trying to get more knowledge just putting our games and hopefully someone noticed that at camp and try to give us a little scholar you know a little money throw some money our way if not we are going to be better officials and mm. we was okay with that that's an important mindset to have like hey I'm not trying to press X, Y, and Z I'm trying to learn something I'm trying to do a good game trying to get great feedback and if I impress the person that's on my court who might might not even have like how many people evaluate us that didn't have anything to offer us but we took their feedback, and we appreciated it, mm-hmm. and we thanked them, and we implemented it, even when they weren't, weren't watching. That's something important, right? Some people are just trying to so focus on getting picked up that you ignore all the valuable feedback that someone else can give you. You know how many college officials, like I said, they, college officials, they're not assigners. You know, we became friends with some of them. You know, I'm thinking about Raleigh, people like that, who were like, oh, that's really, really helpful. I'm going to stay in contact with you and learn what I can. I'm going to do better. And that stuff helped us get where we are and going to help us get where we're going without, you know, focus on this person. Can, what can they offer me? It's not you, you evaluate. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you can offer me besides knowledge. I'm going to take that knowledge, though. 
Well, I can't believe that we went to already two camp seasons, and I thought I was really ready. But <laughs> like, I'm to tell you. Well, I'm just saying, doing the varsity games now, I feel like I'm legitimately ready. Like now, I understand. Yeah, like, I understand because you're just like, nah, I'm good. Like I'm not getting, I'm capable. And not to say we weren't, we wouldn't be capable. Now we would have to have a a steep learning curve, but that doesn't mean I'm not gonna. Figure it out. I'm gonna figure it out. I'm, I have no problem. Like you put me in an NBA game right now. Yeah, I'm gonna miss fifty calls, but I'm gonna figure it out if you give me four games in a row. What are we talking about about doing G League game? I am ready for that. What was the hypothetical? What was the hypothetical? Do you remember? Um, if we got thrusted upon on the court right there, yeah, and we was with one of them, and it was us two. Yeah, I want to be ready for that. I mean, there's two of them. You might be able to hide and you know call the obvious and, and, and slide in there, whatever. I don't even know if it's obvious. Yo, they're moving so fast. There was a correctable error in that game, mind yeah. you. You had three G League refs, one doing for five years, one who's been doing it at least three, four, four years, been doing some NBA games, one who's a top D two college official, who's also you know maybe first year G League, but also three really good. That's a really good. Crew. It was definitely a good crew. You had a critical error. It happens. <laughs> it happens. I, I learned something from that. Man, you can't, you can't control everything. Yeah, and even further, we went out to dinner with them, and one of their comments were like, yo, not only fail, fail spectacularly. Like, just embrace it. And, you know, that's something that... And it was the crew chief, real quick. It was the crew chief who made that error. Mm. And all he did was own it. I brought knowledge, but the wrong knowledge. That's our mistake. It happens. That's the reason why they gave us the rules in the rule book to correct that. Right? I was like, that's... Yo, accepting... Yo, what's the, uh... The, uh... The, the you know... God grabbing the strength to change that can change, uh-huh. you know? Uh-huh. That's something that can't change and now it's no difference. That's, I think, it's... That... Is relevant there because, like... Like, hey, I can change this. I have the power to change this. I'm gonna change this. I can't change it. I can't acknowledge it. That's outside of my control. But being able to accept that and sleep at night, y'all helps you be a really good official. Mm-hmm. It helps you be a really good official. What other crazy games did you have this year? Um, crazy. Well, you know what? More importantly, crazy. I had some really good. I had some games that so started really late because people don't know how to call games. <laughs> you know. Um, there's there's some good basketball. There's some not good basketball. You have to know how to appreciate the difference. Mm. Uh, I think when you have lower level games, right, you want to give the boys and girls the best chance at a good game. You want to give them your best effort. But you also you want to have them have an opportunity to learn something. If we're passing on... on Tons of violations and then calling the fouls is really disrupt the game. And then now you have a two hour JV game for no reason. <laughs> so watching uh, watching some of these games has been brutal. But what I've liked the most <laughs> uh, in doing high level games is I've learned amazing things from partners who know a lot more than me. I've also enjoyed partners who first year varsity officials who are like thank god I'm with someone who's gonna run today mm. thank god I'm with someone who cares and just having someone who cares in the game makes a huge difference mm-hmm. you know we are in a saturated officiated market where you got some people who want to make money get home I'm okay with that just try hard mm. and we can I'm not asking you to, you might not aspire to be varsity you might not right. aspire to be the best but just try hard do what you're supposed to do still getting paid a hundred right do what you're supposed to do and be cool. And some of them are like that. I've mentioned some names in the past. I'm like, they don't want to be varsity, but they do a hell of a job. And they go home, collect their check. I'm okay with that. Everyone has a different reasons. I'm never going to stop anyone from wanting to make their money. Um, but, you know, working with better partners who are like, no, let's do the right thing. I have some partners who corrected me. Hey, you're doing boys' mechanics today. You know, remember, you're like, no, that's a girl's mechanic. Don't walk and talk. Hustle to the table. What I say, you know what? You're right. Because let's do it properly. You know, let's give everyone the best efforts. Like, did I get to that end line on that layout, even though we thought it was going to be all clear? Let's get there. Mm-hmm. So I think that stuff matters. And I think having partners who care about that equally has uplifted my game. How about you? 
Well, um, you know, when we went to camp season this summer, I think we both, you know, kind of figured that we're going to go to uh, on the girls' side for college. And that was really on my mind, but I guess I had a good showing in one of these camps, and I got all these varsity games this year, and, man, it's it's been amazing. The, the boys' side is like the speed is 500 times faster than anything you're going to find in Nassau County. And it's just amazing. And they also have a girls' private league varsity, and I do, you know, the Catholic League varsity. So even though I'm not on varsity for the public school, I've been doing a lot of big girls' games. A lot of big girls' games. Do you want to rehash our boys versus girls college question? Yeah. All right, let's start with this. For those who don't know, in New York State, the girls follow NCAA women's college rules. Which is amazing. <laughs> I enjoy the mechanics. I uh, Boys follow mechanics. federation rules slash IABO rules, mm-hmm. as you know it, right? That's unique to New York. Not many other places do that. Um, I learned my lesson because I passed the boys test here. And I thought it was a test for all basketball. And I was like, cool, let me get my schedule. And it's all boys games. And I was very confused. <laughs> and that's what I learned. Oh, there's two different boards. I'm going to paint twice. But I appreciate the difference. And I appreciate doing girls' mechanics. Um, for those of you who don't know, I'm all of 5'8". <laughs> um, I believe that the, again, saturation of the officiated market and those people people who ego is tied to being a men's college official really kind of stagnates the growth of being a men's college official. Um, I'm lucky enough to have many mentors outside of New York who do both men's and women's college and get to hear the experiences, hear the difference. And to me, what I've learned first at a high school level, on board level, that I was able to rise through merit really intrigued me right so on the girls side it's my third third year you know I'm doing varsity games because it's like oh if you're talented you move up as you know like I said I keep you know I hope I move up next year I talk about your last podcast but how many college officials do we have on the men's side who are doing JV basketball but and why yeah. but no it's, it's a lot of reasons to that right there's a lot of reasons to that but even when you get to that men's JUCO D3 level it's really hard to move up. Why? Because there's just so many bodies in place. And my ego is not tied to doing men's and women's, right? I think, like, I have the pleasure of working at Galfi. I see any 10 men's and women's basketball. You know what's really athletic? Any 10 D2 men's and women's basketball. I'm comfortable doing either one because either one is really fast-paced, really exciting. Yeah, I don't have the above the play. But like I said, with me being all of 5'8 on a good day... I know that my cap on my on men's college side is there. Now, no, not a lot of signs would say that to you outright, but I know enough people who's like, yeah, it's not going to happen. So, you know, my ability to move up, get recognized on the women's side, I think it's just a greater chance for me. So I focus a lot of my efforts on that side. You know, it does help that I met Joe Vasily twice. It's all of like 5'5 five, five <laughs> and a Final Four official. And it like doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, so, in, unfortunately, perception matters in officiating, right? For a reason why I have to cut my hair, <laughs> for a reason we can't wear glasses, you got to be in the best shape possible because perception matters. So, um, that very that very much informs my personal decision to really pursue women's college over men's college. Well, having said that, now that I've enjoyed all of the smoke that is varsity basketball in the city, um, I'm going to do PSAL games next year. Because I want to be Thanos. I want to have Varsity in Long Island. I want to have Varsity Catholic in Long Island. I want to have Varsity City Catholic. You want to save the games for the rest of us, man? The only, thing the, I'm missing, <laughs> the only thing I'm missing is Varsity Public School in the city. So that's a personal goal for me next year. But I kind of realized that you could still be an elite boys high school official. Because I'm at, you know, I'm doing prospective Division One athletes already, right? So to me, that's my fill. That's, there's my fill. I, I never thought of it that way. Like to me, in the beginning of the season, I thought it was like a stepping stone. And now I'm like, wow, now I see what boys is like. Let me, no, I don't feel that way. Now I feel like I can keep this and still be a girls official. You know what I commend, commend you? 
you're able to switch back and forth effortlessly. I can't. Well, you know, let's let's not say effortlessly because it took me. Well, uh, sorry, you're right. You're right. It I, took me a hundred games. Back, I want to give you a lot of credit for that, but you're able to switch back and forth now, right? Mm-hmm. Without you know, without it showing oh, visually, right? It won't, like it, ever, like it shows great. Because I like to officiate without being in my head, I like just to be able to react. I don't. I have that. I don't have the same problem. Yeah, but it's just it reps. Me, it is. It's a ton of reps. It's just it reps. A ton of reps. So, it is it's a lot of reps. You know. Now um, I'm like, you know, that game that I had the other day. When it went out of bounds, and I went. For those of you who don't know, he raised his hand <laughs> first. Yeah, the clock. But then, then I had a it. girls' game today, and I was automatic. Like I didn't even. I didn't even. I didn't even go. Oh, oh! I put. Oh, I put my hand up. Oops. None of that. And I'm already automatic. That's amazing. I'm not there yet. I'm not there. Part of it is I did. I will have. You probably did 80% girls games and 20% boys right. games. I have 45 games this year. 10, 10 of them are boys I, games. I did about 60 40. So, 40% girls games, um, 60%. But, you know, that's my perception, like you said. I, and because of my pursuit of women's college, is the reason why I've taking a step back and doing more boys games because I want to work on those mechanics. I want to be in that rule book. I want to see as many situations as possible so that if I screw it up on the high school level, I won't screw it up at the next level. Um, and that's part of it. Like, if I wasn't getting games, then yeah, I would do more boys games, but I'm getting so many girls games that, you know, between the City Catholic and, you know, credit to them for ideally recognizing what I can offer to the table and giving me a full varsity schedule. Uh, off the off the gate, it helps me be in these really tough games and be in really tough situations, and I have to know that rule book. And for me to focus on one thing, focus on my engine one thing, is beneficial to me because how my mind works. You, you got many talents, many sports. <laughs> you can be able to have separate these things, and and I'm jealous of that ability. <laughs> you know, and not everyone has that ability. I, you, how many people you talk to like, yeah. I got there. I'm only doing one, or they only do one mechanic, one rule book, and hope that other party can bail them out well, if they have a rule issue. Early on, I had an NBA mentor, well, remain nameless, but he was like, "Dog, I could do an adult league game. I could do a girls' college game. I could do a boys' IABO game, and obviously, I could do the NBA. But those rules are all separate and crystal clear to me. So when I know what type of game I is like." You just become more marketable for yourself, and I like I remembered that, and I remembered. That. Is it part of your pregame? Nah, nah. See, cause I've like I don't even I don't even mention that I'm a girls. Like if I'm doing a boys game, I don't I don't even get into all that. I'm like, I'm here, like I just just a boys official like you are. But if I'm doing a girls game, just a girls official. That's all. You know, that's how I feel. But you know, I I just think you need now. I did want to ask you, are you going to try out for City Catholic uh, on the boys' side? The travel might kill me. I don't yeah, but I feel like if you get that, you're going to be like, oh, I don't want I don't want anything else. I agree with you, but, you know, I don't want to lose my varsity status on the girls' side in Long Island. Oh, you won't. And then, no, I have to get, I get at least, you know, I got to get at least my certain amount of games in, right? You'll get that. Yeah, but then I also have my City Catholic schedule. Part of the reason why I took that is because it gave me three hundred twenty-five games. Mind you, I've been nine to five. <laughs> I'm not able to get into the city right, right, at five right. o'clock, six o'clock. You know, it, but you made it work. I made it work this year, and I had a full schedule. I have forty-five games, so I'll have to. I would have to drop something in order to make it work. Mm. I have, you know, a lady at home that wants me home. <laughs> I gotta make something. Something has to make it work. You know, as, mm-hmm. as someone who's trying to balance out wife, family, officiating, and not chasing every dollar I see. I got to figure out how I can juggle all those things without sacrificing something. Mm-hmm. And I don't, don't want to bite off more than I can chew. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to say, yeah, I'll do this tryout. Give me game. Oh, 10 games? I said, oh, I can do. That's not going to really entice myself to the, the signers. How's your experience with um, varsity in Nassau County? Um, what I like most is the people I'm working with. But like I said, it's people that want to be there, people that want to do good games, people that want to do a good job. Um, I haven't had that in a while. <laughs> As I'm knocking everyone else, just that everyone's on a different path in their journey when officiating. And 
doing games, people who care. And honestly, what's great about it is I don't think anyone has ever mentioned Raiden's the entire time doing girls' BOCES, which we know BOCES, Raiden's, and people will get all oh, Raiden's. No one ever mentioned Raiden's. I was like, yo, I'm just going to do my job. I'm doing what I'm supposed to do. I'm glad to be here. And that's, that's incredibly dope. Mm-hmm. One thing that I like about working in the city is I really missed having a high school assigner. Right? So I have someone who knows basketball, who knows officiating, has observers or whatever, but they're the ones evaluating you whether or not you work good games, whether or not you make playoffs, whether or not you do varsity games. It's not game to get varsity games. How many, you know, private school Catholic league officials you know who don't ever make who don't work varsity games, don't work them in varsity games, right? So having someone who's able to properly evaluate me for um, outside of coaches' ratings is immensely valuable. So that's the biggest takeaway. I work with better partners. I work with someone who knows it. And I was able to be rewarded with, hey, putting availability for state playoffs in my first year. That's, that's so cool. That's you know, it's incredible. It's incredible. And you know, I emailed you that day, right? Like it was, it was obviously. Obviously, personally, on a tough note, that was a tough day because I had some lows that day. Um, but, you know, again, that email is like, wait, me? Like, you know, doing these games? You know what I really thought about when you sent me that email? I can't believe how successful you are in your path. And I can't believe how successful I am in my path. And there's so many other different things that you can be successful in in this. Like, there's so much room for everyone to elevate. That it doesn't have to be a competitive situation. Even though it's a competitive situation, but all of the opportunities that were afforded you this season, I don't have those opportunities. And in turn, all the opportunities that I've had wasn't afforded to you, but they were both equally as good. Well, that's why I hate when um, people treat officiating as competitive. Like, if I take you if I if you get where I am you want to take my spot how insecure can you be mm-hmm. like one of the things that made us friends off the jump it was that we was going to grind together we was going to ride together if you got if you got a chance to do a division 1 final 4 game I'm so excited like I did a division 1 final 4 game because I love and support the people that I love right it's, and, and it came up with so to you're not taking away my opportunity. Mm-hmm. And if you get it, you earned it. Mm-hmm. Right? If I get it, I earned it. Right? Right? So, like, it's incredible that we, you know, you're able to build bonds where it's not competitive. It can be, it can be friendly competition, but it's not, even, I don't think they even have that, right? Because you're not taking money out of each other's pocket. Well, right? Forget that. In fact, we, we try to help each other <laughs> put money in each other's pockets, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I want to bring you to this thing I'm doing. Hey, you should be doing this, what I'm doing. Hey, I should be doing what you should be doing. Like, it's, it's crazy how competitive and how cutthroat other people see officiating. Where it's like, man, it can be all love. <laughs> it can be all love. And mm. I, I think what made it helpful for us is that we've had also incredible mentors who didn't feel threatened by us. Who was like, hey, this young man is good at this thing. Let's help bring them up. Let's help teach them the knowledge. I want to also preach the fact that we didn't do it alone. There's people who... Oh, yeah shared knowledge and time that they didn't have to share to help bring us along for whatever reason. They recognize some talent, they recognize our humbleness, they recognize our willingness, they recognize our hard work or dedication, whatever it was. Uh, I think that's that's really important to the process also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, I just, I, I find it crazy that literally everything you do, I don't do. <laughs> and literally everything I do, you don't do. Uh, you do more and than me. Yeah, but you're still like, Way more successful than most people. You have any um, final thoughts? Oh, was it the end already? Yeah, I, th- I think we, we, don't wanna, we don't want to make it too crazy. As you pour a little bit more brandy, I'll take some. <laughs> so when are you bring back to your co-host? Well, this might be a, a regular thing, but the only problem is that the school season's over and then your smoke is done. Ah. But my baseball smoke is just beginning. You know... Oh, I didn't tell you this, but um, I got into varsity in the city. You did tell me. You did tell me. Yeah. By accident. You tripped and fell into it. <laughs> I did. I did. But it's so easy now because it's like, 
I feel like I'm qualified no matter what now. So, um, but I'm I'm definitely interested in doing that. Um, I got a nice nucleus. I wish you would do baseball with me because uh, it's, it's no chance. I mean, you know, I took the class. I'm like, <laughs> outdoors? No, nah, I'm good. I understand. <laughs> but I'm really hoping I get elevated to varsity at home because I want it. Like I really want it. It's so fun, and it's such a good mental break from basketball. Why is officiating so fun for you? I don't know. Why is talking about it, breathing it, like referee rant? Why is it so? It cycles to who you are now. <laughs> you you just found some extra cash a couple of years ago. I know, I know. Um, and now you branding yourself as Ralph the Rat. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds funny, right? <laughs> um, I guess. Um, I guess I see an avenue of still being involved in sports and. I'll just say, when it comes to baseball, baseball was the first sport I gravitated towards. I didn't have any cable. And, I mean, I've seen so many bad Yankee games and so many bad Met games on TV. And just the fact that I never played and now I'm involved in the game, that was really my first love. Baseball was my first love of watching a sport. And I think that's cool that I'm involved in the game later in life and I have an opportunity to be involved with it for a long time. And... I guess I can't describe it to somebody that's never done it, but I've always been a sucker of, like, amazing pitching. So if I'm behind the plate and I see pitching as, like, you know, a curveball, a breaking ball, that's coming to be a strike, and they got a kid just staring, like, there's nothing better. There's nothing better when a kid can turn a 6-4-3 double play. And just, like, because I can't do that. I can't do it. And it's like, I can't believe I'm on the field, and I can't believe that I'm doing the game. I've never played one game in my life. And here I am, I'm acting like I'm a, I'm, I'm a real, like I'm a knowledgeable person of the game. So I think, like, it's a thrill in that regard. And, you know, this year I want to make a big jump in lacrosse because I think it's time for me to elevate into that. But I guess the biggest thing that I enjoy about refing is that every day, and I'm big on this, every day, if I wrote down whatever happened, it would always be a unique new experience. Because you're always going to have a new partner. You're always going to be at a different place. And it's always going to be a different context. And those three things, when you put it together, it is always the most unique experience that you could have for that day. And that's important to me. Why do you think our you know, weekly conversations are so different, right? Because we, every week, we're like, oh, man, this happened. And you thought you'd seen it all until uh-huh. you see something else. And we didn't see it all, right? You know what I mean? Like, you know, every, we, see, we counter different experiences all the time. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we, we text and call each other enough that it's like, wait, what else can you possibly be talking about? Like, well, something else happened that you couldn't expect or couldn't foresee. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a crazy thing. You know what's a funny thing for me? I never won a career in sports. I love sports. I loved it. I'm a sports nerd. I the research. My favorite player growing up was Magic Johnson because I had a VHS. And I thought that I could be this hook shot point guard. You know, yeah, 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 5'8 me trying to do this guy hook. It was great. It was great. Um, and somehow I found to this and like you said so a lot of people do it because they were playing in high school and I played in high school whatever loved the game um, for me it was like oh I like this I made, need made some, made some money in college I'm good at it let me continue it I like I like mentoring I love teaching let me stay at it and that was it's funny enough because you know even though I don't want to involved in sports as a career the act of officiating, the, the satisfaction you get after a great game, oh boy. Yeah, I agree. You know, satisfaction is in the email that you're varsity official, Yo. right? Getting that email that you're doing playoffs, getting the email, you know, moving Yo. up in the world. Yo. Or do a camp and you get ripped apart 95% of the time. 5% is like, I'm telling you this because I know you can handle it and you're a really good official, you're going really far. It brings you right back up, you know, so like that. Yo, it boosts your ego, right? Mm. It boosts your ego. And that's the reason why I do, because you find something you're good at, and you like it, and you enjoy it, and you take all the smoke. I'm just happy now we're, like, with the Giants. And not only that, they they respect us now. It wasn't too long ago that they were like, (laughs) you're going to get your time. Don't worry, young man. But now they, like, they talk to us like they're our peers now, which is kind of weird. But at the same time, like, We've we've been prepared. We we've been through all the steps so that we needed to do. When are you taking over? <laughs> <laughs> I 
With my nah, website nah, or two thousand? Nah. <laughs> with my website or what do you mean? When are you gonna run Long Island boards? Baseball, lacrosse. That's gonna take some years, man. Basketball. I'm not trying to. <laughs> I'm not trying to have a cool guitar. Uh, That's so we'll get there. We'll get there. Listen, man. Looking for any, you. Any final thoughts? Let's do it again. Oh, so now you like this? <laughs> I told you, taking me a minute. Yeah, like I said, you paid me well. All right. All right, so we'll we'll definitely do this, and we'll maybe we'll have it more structured. But that was a good conversation. All right, let's do it. Thanks for coming through. My Appreciate man. it. For Mike Grant, I'm Ralph the Ref signing out.